Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Welcome to the service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. On this first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, station, or background to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion in the home by calling the chapel office. On this Sunday, we invite those so moved to identify as members of the chapel chapter simply by speaking with our Director of Hospitality, Elizabeth Fomby Hall, or one of the clergy following worship. On this Sunday, we encourage all to continue or to commence the practice of tithing, of disciplined generosity, and to indicate interest in giving to our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, by email, phone, or voice. On this first Sunday, we ask you to ask yourself what form your ministry here will take in the coming weeks. A community luncheon follows worship downstairs, and all are warmly invited. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsibly verses from Psalm 105 with the Antiphon. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, when he summoned famine against the land and broke every staff of bread, he sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron, until what he said came to pass, the word of the Lord kept testing him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the peoples set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Praise the Lord. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Glory to you, O Lord. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, 
Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Jesus meets us today dressed in summer attire. Water, wind, boats, mountain, crowds, quiet, waves, sea. These are the forms of raiment he wears coming toward us this morning out of the unforeseen, out of the future. He has sent the crowds away. He has ordered the 12 into a boat with a destination given on the other side. He has gone up, gone out, gone away onto the mountain to pray. Day came and then evening, morning and then night, and he was there on the mountain alone. Soon there will be much and more work to do. The wind will come up, the team will be afraid, the waves will rise, and he will be called out at the fourth watch of the night, that's late at night, the wee hours, dark 30. And all of this will arise, we are taught in the scripture, as an invitation to faith, ye of little faith. Just for now though, just for a minute, there is a clean summer wind blowing across the top of the mountain whence Jesus bids us come. One year, some miles west of here, within a time and space of joyful ministry, we passed a year in which snow fell on every major holiday and Sunday. Snow fell on Halloween, snow fell on Thanksgiving, snow fell on Christmas Sunday, and on Christmas, and on New Year's, and on Groundhog Day, and on Palm Scent Sunday, and on Easter. To top it all off, snow also fell on Mother's Day. In our region, when summer comes, we recognize a different, necessarily different, season. A fallow time. Howard Thurman, by the report from Oregon and email this last year, once gave a sermon with this title, Fear Not the Fallow. We find no record of it, nor need we one. The title tells it all. There are full times with much snow, and there are fallow times wherein we are restored free from snow. These fallow times, mountain, lake, breeze, quiet, faith times, we need not fear. In the summer in the north, we often gather for family reunions. Here we are connected vertically by generation and time rather than horizontally by work and space. You may have some reason for caution or anxiety heading for such a party. Our families of origin bear within them difficult memories, hard words spoken, past hurts, settled, negatively settled relationships. Yet in the fallow time, we go to the place where when you have to go there, they have to take you. Fear not the fallow. You may there discover someone Something, a story, a memory, a great uncle, a gift, which could only come your way in a quieter mode, up a mountain, apart from the economics of work and the rest of life. In the summer in the north, we may have more time for friendship. If we are forever fiddling with the latest Blackberry or other quasi-communication, as is now part of our technological turf, we may be uncertain even anxious with the quieter rhythms of friendship, listening, more listening, speaking, quiet. Fear not. Our friends give us back our real selves, our own best selves. They both require and deserve our undivided attention come summer. In the summer up here in the north, we too may take to the high mountain. It is the attention, the mind, once freed, which illumines the natural world. The monarch butterfly is always there in season. In the quiet, with enough warmth to get around and to watch and to look, we of a sudden may be able to appreciate the miraculous wonder of the created order. Fear not the fallow. It is the forecourt of prayer. 
In the summer in the north, we may find the idler rhythms, the fallow mode, if we can shake off the natural fear of a different way, a different habit, travel, exercise, reading, devotion, silence. Our being, our human being, is not fully exhausted, though we may be, by our fretful and grasping construction and expenditure, the getting and spending by which we lay waste our powers. An hour a day, a day a week, a week a quarter, a quarter a year, a year every seven. These are not time seasons meant only for a few. They are for you. We are human beings, not human doings. Fear not the fallow. From this pulpit in this summer, we have prayerfully paused to listen for the gospel under the theme of evangelism in the liberal tradition, South-North youth. From Kentucky, Reverend Wade brought us deeply to consider faith in the binding of Isaac and the Ethiopian eunuch. From New England, Reverend Garner and Reverend Thomas announced with us the goodness of God and the presence of God. And next week and the following, Reverend Olson will bring us her wisdom regarding the gospel and young adults. Voices, South-North youth, ask us to consider, come this season, the grace of invitation. Jesus, by the record of St. Matthew, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. By himself, he invites us to join him, as Frost wrote. I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to rake the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear I may. I shan't be gone long. You come, too. We pause by the table of grace with bread and cup prepared. A natural, urgent, objection, opposition, response may arise as we see Jesus in summer attire. You may wonder, what of our sisters and brothers near and far for whom the fallow is the fullest time there is? What of those who are waiting without idols but without fruit for a harvest time, a morning time, a full time, a work time? Here is a man whose day every day is fallow. He watches from a hospital bed, blank-eyed. Here is a woman who has known the power and happiness of real work. She again scans the screen, the paper, the mail, the news, looking for a place to invest her real gifts. Here is a couple who have much in memory to share, much in life earned wisdom to share, and not nary one, not a visitor week by week. My grandmother had a sign on her kitchen door. Do you know who I'd like to cook a big chicken and dumpling dinner for? Anybody. Those who can remember can help those who are learning to remember. Again, Frost. When to the heart of man was it ever less than a treason to go with the drift of things, to yield with a grace to reason, to bow and accept the end of a love or a season? Look about you. 14 million Americans who are looking for work are not finding work. The income of the top 1% of the population exceeds that of the bottom 50%. Average household wealth for Caucasian families is 20 times that of families of color. We may lack to some degree the pastoral or personal imagination such a time requires. We may need films and novels and books which will quicken the heart in an appreciation for what such a fearsome fallow time can mean. Do we remember what it feels like to be left out? We need an Uncle Tom's cabin of unemployment and a Harriet Beecher Stowe of loss of work. We need a Grapes of Wrath of unemployment and a John Steinbeck of loss of work. We need an Ironweed of current un unemployment and a William Kennedy of loss of work. We need a Cesar Chavez of unemployment and a workers' movement for loss of work. For those who have not been vocationally excluded, those who have jobs and who have good minds and hearts, 
We need a rhetoric which will touch the heart, open the heart, warm the heart, change the heart, and move the heart. Can you remember what it feels like, what it is like, to lack what others have and to want it badly? In meditating on today's gospel, the figure of sinking Peter brought a memory. You know that Peter means rock. Usually we think of this as a reference to his foundational strength in the building of the church. In this passage, as he goes underwater, his name perhaps more, has more direct reference to his sinking qualities, sink like a rock. For some years I taught swimming and ran a waterfront at a church camp along the shores of a most beautiful lake. Those years and the men and women I met there caused me to go to seminary. It was not what they knew or what they professed or what they did even that drew me. It was the way they lived in freedom and love. I pray that here, year by year, somehow others will see in you and me such freedom and such love. I looked this week at a now very worn book of worship, a gift from one such soul who inscribed to Bob the lifeguard, first you saved lives, now you'll save souls, God bless you. There are some gifts that last a lifetime. On that waterfront in those summer years, we had one firm rule, no drowning, prohibited. Drowning, prohibited. Yet, with the right preparation, you really should not have any drownings, that is. Anyway, which thankfully we did not. But occasionally, we had to dive in after somebody. One of the most poignant, frightening, and repeated instances occurred, you will think this odd, during the swimming tests. Young teenagers had to show that they could swim 50 yards and tread water in order to pass the swim test and swim in the deep water. Most did fine, but every now and then a 14-year-old who did not know how to swim and who did not want to admit it, but who did not want to be left out and who did not want to be seen as different would get in line and stay in line and then, I guess, hoping for who knows what, would jump in and begin to sink. They just did not want to be left out. In the eyeglass of memory, I look at those young people. Can you remember what it feels like to be left out? Can you remember what it feels like to lack what others have and to want it so badly that you will? Can we remember in a few weeks come autumn what it feels like to have the young heart of a teenage woman or man? And today, can we gain a little measure of sympathy for the 9% of the population looking for but not finding work? Our gospel commends faith as the antidote for fear. Humans do not easily walk on water, as Peter the Rock reminds us. My own experience with gravity is not unlike your own. Rocks rolling down the hill go all the way, consistently. Cars on ice slide downhill, consistently. Boat hoist wheels once loosed and holding the boat spin uncontrollably, consistently. Swimmers who do not know the prone float sink consistently. Matthew 14 was not written to erase the need for a swim test. Granted that we are not ever in a position to say what God can and cannot do, our experience with gravity holds. So too our need for faith. So too our need to face the fallow. Fear not the fallow. Why do we fear? to face the fallow? Is it that we are uncomfortable with silence, solitude, quiet, lack, with anything that interrupts the 24-7, 365 din of information falling like a not-so-gentle rain upon us? The fallow is meant as a season, not a permanent condition. It is meant as Sabbath, preparation, restoration, reinvigoration as the balance that provides a living critique of our idolatry of work. 
The fallow is meant not to last, but to lean upon us, to shift our body weight, to raise a question. In the summer, I pass a daily a farm still operated 40 years later by an elementary school friend. We were caused, he and I, one year to perform a stage version of Tom Sawyer's playful entrapment of Huck Finn along the fence. Do you remember this typically twain send-up of a certain form of idolatry? Tom is told to paint the fence. He begins when up comes, comes Huck, who is curious. Oh, Tom couldn't possibly give up the joy of work. He couldn't possibly give up the joy of such a job. The more he smiles, the more intrigued Huck becomes. Finally, Tom relents and says he will graciously allow Huck to paint the fence for him, which delights Huck. Only, Tom finishes, Huck will have to pay for the privilege of the work. He has only an apple to his name, which Tom seizes as he departs. How deeply have we thought about just how much we adore work? Has Twain's story sunk in? It should. Work is crucial especially for those who lack it. Work is perilous, especially for those who cannot see its limits. Man does not live by bread alone. Bread alone will never bring us to terms with life or death, with loss or betrayal, with choice or failure, with sin or death or the threat of meaninglessness. More. Bread alone will not ever help us set the theological dial tones, the theological balances by which we live and die. How much creation, how much fall, how much grace, how much sin, how much freedom, how much constraint, how much divine, how much human, how much mind, how much heart. And in today's encounter with Jesus, how much full-time and how much fallow, how much work and how much prayer. We need not fear the fallow. If we face the fallow and fix the limits of the fallow with a measure of personal empathy, of sympathy for those for whom the fallow is all they have. A measure of faith may help. To move from fear to faith means learning how to float. You know, sometimes after failing the swim test and through the rest of the week, a young person at that summer camp would come in the morning for lessons to learn to swim. The difference between sinking and swimming is floating. To float is to learn to trust that the same water in life that can sorely threaten you will also hold you up. No analogy is perfect, but the trust that allows one to float, to learn the prone float, is like the trust that keeps one afloat in life and moves one from fear to faith. All the lessons and all the strokes come much later. First, there comes a moment when you stretch out your arms and lie down face in the water and wait for your feet to rise behind you. You see, when you see that moment, there is nothing sweeter. You can float. You have faith. The water will hold you up. We are in good hands, and so it behooves us to bear one another's burdens, as Houston Smith once said. We may thereto find a way to mark out a new way of living, perhaps not quite walking on water, but one that carries us forward by faith in one who still does calm the sea and still the water. Then our fullness will be fallow, and our fallow full. So frost again.
yield who will to their separation. My object in living is to unite my vocation with my avocation, as my two eyes make one insight. Only where love and need are one, and the work is play for mortal stakes, is the deed ever really done for heaven and the future's sakes. A long time ago, in a borrowed upper room, a gathering of very human beings was fed by one they came to know as Son of God. What they were fed gave them the courage to face the full and the empty, and especially the faith, may it be ours today, to fear not the fallow. Amen.
Please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel this morning, and we offer special welcomes this morning to our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, who's been away for the past month, and also to our Music Director, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, who has also been away. It's good to have them both back. We would hope that you will help us get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week by putting your name and contact information in the red pad found along the center aisle of each pew and pass it along to your neighbor as you have a moment and uh, we will be in touch throughout the coming week. We hope also you will keep an eye on the website for chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, for ongoing services and activities as well as the opportunity for online giving. We would note this morning that uh, at communion, the chalice on the lectern side of the chapel will have grape juice and the chalice on the pulpit side of the chapel will have wine and we invite you to come to the station according to your tradition. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God. life within us, the fellowship among us, thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Beloved Christ our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. 
Let us exchange signs of peace. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also with you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace. 
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us a safe rest, a happy lodging, and peace at the last. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. <laughs> 